1: Welcome back to this one's a doozy. I'm Kevin,
2: and I'm Haley.
1: We talk about stories of mystery, true crime, and folklore of the unusual, unsettling, and oftentimes unsavory goings-on of our world today, yesterday, and long ago. And here we are. Yes.
2: Episode one hundred. Cue horns. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> we we did it. We've sat down here more than a hundred times. Yes.
1: Because we have exclusive Patreon episodes.
2: But for public consumption, yes. We've got a hundred episodes to show for it.
1: One hundred.
2: Well, we're about to have one hundred episodes to show for it.
1: This is the one hundred if you're listening to it, we have a hundred episodes. If you're in the basement recording it, we are working on the one (laughs) hundredth episode. That's right. (laughs) And here Uh, we are.
2: What a time. What a time we've had. I know. So do you have, before we start, because I didn't do a game for this one, mm-hmm. but I just thought of this. Do you have a f- like specific favorite episode or if it's like a two-part thing, do you have a favorite?
1: Ooh. I mean, whenever someone asks me, what what is your favorite or which one should I listen to first? I always tell them that they need to go to um, episode three. Which dial-off is pass? Dial-off pass. Yeah. Or or, if not Dial-Off Pass, then I'll also tell them to go, not forget what the episode number is, but Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dial-Off are- Pass, I feel like, is was like the first, like, kind of popping episode we had. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it says a lot because it's only our third episode. <laughs> yeah. But which episode number was Skinwalker Ranch? Like, 10? It was
2: like 6 and 7, I think, because we did okay. two episodes on oh, that yeah, one. yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Those are the ones that I always tell people to start with. Um, and so I think that's my my easy answer. I would need like a whole list of everything though. And mm-hmm. be reminded because
2: <laughs> Okay, then what's your favorite subcategory that we do? Oh. Like haunted spots, alien related, um compilation whatever. True crime. Definitely
1: things that are more folklory. Yeah. You know, Mothman was a was a big one. Cryptids. Anything anything cryptid related, mm-hmm. especially if there's like a hint of Bigfoot in there. Yeah. Those ones usually are like, ah, oh, yes, this is the one that I want. Or the men in black, which was Mothman, right? That
2: yeah, that one's yeah. still my favorite episode. <laughs> Krista and I put us together in a room and we will laugh until we cry.
1: Right. Well, that was gonna be my question was which one was your favorite?
2: Definitely Mothman is still my favorite.
1: Do you is that the, is that the first one you recommend people go listen to if they ask you where to start?
2: Um Usually, I say if you're starting at the beginning, like be nice and be patient. (laughs) And I'll actually like, I wrote about this in our little introduction for the episode where it's like, it did take me a while to like find my voice in how I wanted to tell certain stories. And I feel like I've very recently just settled into the types of stories that I like to tell, that I kind of get the most enjoyment putting together and then telling to you. I, I thought when we started that I would be True crime with like a dash of some of the more fringe topics, and I it, I feel like it's flipped yeah. as I've been going because I feel like true crime I still um, am interested in it and I want to learn about it and talk about it and understand it and all of that, but I feel like it's very draining to put together a mm. true crime episode because it's just sad.
1: Yeah, it's a so lot sad. It's of heavy. Research. It's a lot of legal, legal documents and that Mm -hmm. kind of research Mm -hmm. versus folklore is, you know, getting a big book from the year 1944.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I, I much more enjoy putting together cryptid or haunted or alien stories.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: That's my, my preference at this point,
1: especially based on when I get to watch you do your research And not like I'm part of it, but like I'm on the other side of the room watching you do it. And you're obviously more excited Mm -hmm. (laughs) putting those together. I'm way less
2: angry. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And sad. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, um, I think we need to answer the first question that everybody is wondering. For episode 100, Mm. what are you drinking?
2: Well, for episode 100, because I've been very, very boring lately,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I went for an OJ with
1: Malibu. Ooh, Malibu O.J. Mm-hmm. in your little uh, teal uh, shaker cup. Shaker cup without the shaker thing <laughs> yeah. in it. Nice.
2: Yeah, it took the shaker out of it.
1: Nice with the Bones Coffee Company sticker. Mm-hmm. Not sponsored.
2: Not sponsored.
1: But I would I would be I would I sure totally be psyched about be. being sponsored by that by Bones. Oh, Bones. The if any of you listen. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. That is a fun drink.
2: Yes, what did you concoct for yourself? Well,
1: okay. Listen, it's the beginning of January. I'm mm. taking it easy. Mood. Because it's the beginning of January. Mm. And I've got, uh, for, for my music stuff, I've got a photo shoot, video shoot this week. So I'm trying to not get a bunch of bloated pictures of myself. <laughs> so I, I've just got my favorite flavor of LaCroix, the limoncello. Hanging out here with me.
2: That feels appropriate for episode 100. That's it feels what I right. Felt like.
1: Like I could go just regular water and it would be fine and it would be understandable. But I was like, I got to do something. So I got the limoncello going on. All right. My fave.
2: Celebratory drink. Yes.
1: Yes. And then after all my stuff later this week, I'll have another real celebratory drink. Yes. <laughs> for the show.
2: <laughs> yes. On Friday
1: after. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Well, my love, you've got you've got some, some more to share, probably. Even, and then we'll even, get into
2: it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really just wanted to start this episode off by thanking everybody. Uh, to everyone who has listened to the show, whether you're a casual listener who's caught a few episodes here and there, or a dedicated fan of the show who hasn't missed a single one, whether you support us through ads on our free platform or or whether you support us over on Patreon, we are so, so very thankful for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When we first started this show a year and a half ago, we thought it would be a fun little hobby and just a little creative thing that we could do together. I've always really loved writing and I've always, you know I've had a blast just getting to sit down and work writing into my day-to-day life mm-hmm. through this show. But I'd really never had an outlet like this show until we started it. Yeah, And it turns out that I really, really love doing the research, sitting down, figuring out how to make it feel narrative. It feels like a little puzzle to solve. And so the fact that it has gone a bit above hobby status really genuinely blows my mind. It did take us a few episodes to kind of find the voice of the show. And it took me more than 50 episodes just to be able to figure out what I'm most passionate about researching and sharing. Mm -hmm. But we've made it to episode 100. And so without further ado, we have a handful of listener-submitted stories that we're going to read for you. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the stories written by you and for you. Hang on tight, friends. This one's a doozy.
1: Okay. So I'm going to do the first story. Yes. And this was sent to us from Dawn about her experience with a very odd, very creepy appliance that seemed to have a mind of its own. Mm Hmm. So this is, I'm just going to read it. As it's written. As it's written. Here we go. That's right. Dawn's story. While attending college when the kids were young, my husband worked nights at a high-rise condo place in Chicago. Like, only millionaires could afford to live there. He was a maintenance guy. Often, he brought home interesting things that people left outside the trash room slash recycling door. We were so poor, with three kids in Christian school, he in Bible college, and me substitute teaching and cleaning houses when I could, that those surprises were fun. Every afternoon, I'd drive him to Chicago, drive back to Indiana to pick up the kids from school, put them to bed in sweats to stay warm, and at around 2 a.m., carry my kids into the minivan to pick up their dad at the Gary train station. When we got home, carry them back to their bed for the night. They did poorly in school while there, by the way.
2: Yeah, Probably a a lot. That'd
1: be tough. Oh, my gosh. Except when I was substitute teaching, my husband would have to borrow a vehicle to drive himself to work. One night, he brought home a chandelier that an employee had gotten from a tenant of the building, put it down in the dirt floor basement, and came to bed. The next morning, he secretly showed me the chandelier, and I thought it was so weird that one row of crystal drops had an L etched on each one, One row had an S etched on each, and the third row had L and S etched on each. He told me that people said it was haunted. We laughed. I joked that maybe L was for Lucifer and S was for Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like, yeah, he's in Bible college, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then Bob left for college, me subbing the three kids to school. And after college classes, Bob left for work again. That evening, I attempted to go about the normal routine with the kids. Playtime after school, homework, dinner, TV show, bed. But everything felt strange in a creepy way, and by dinner time the little puppy we had was acting oddly, and it didn't take long for the kids to notice. The pup wouldn't walk past the door to the basement, and whined and growled while looking that direction. The kids started crying, asking what was wrong, stating that everything felt weird in the house. I had felt it too, but was trying to tell myself it was all in my head. Did the letters on the chandelier really stand for Lucifer and Satan? (laughs) But the puppy set us all off. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) So I called Bob at work, crying that I thought someone was outside trying to break in. He told me to sit down. I needed to hear a story. It turned out that the tenant believed his chandelier was haunted and told an employee that if he removed it, he could have it. After the employee removed it and installed it in his own house, strange things started happening. Mm. The lights would turn on and off or flicker in an unpredictable manner. This guy decided it really was haunted and wanted no part of it. It frightened him so badly, he just cut the thing off at the ceiling.
2: (laughs) Honestly, that's the right move. (laughs) That's the right move. That is rarely the move that is made, but that was the right move. That's the one
1: to do. (laughs) Then he brought it back to work where my husband found it. So my husband, too, laughed at how silly that was. A haunted chandelier... Nonetheless, all the way home from Chicago, he had prayed Jesus' blood over that chandelier, (laughs) so he carried the box downstairs to the dirt floor basement area. He had to go out the side door, through a side entry to access the basement. That was all I needed to hear. I knew I wasn't the only one who felt oppression and fear with the thing around. I called the neighbor boy who brought a flashlight. Down to the basement, we tiptoed. And I fully suspected the dirt floor to be disturbed and the box tipped over. <laughs> LOL. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit disappointed that everything looks normal. <laughs> She's like expecting like a demonic specter to come out of right. nowhere. And it's just a box.
2: It's just a regular old <laughs> box.
1: We carried it to the end of our driveway as far as it could go without being in the street. (laughs) They got as far from their house (laughs) as they physically could without breaking the law. Coming home from work in the early morning hours, my husband said he cracked up laughing because he knew immediately why there was a box in the road. The next day, I sold the chandelier to the lady I cleaned house for. Her husband owned a pawn shop. I also sold them a Beatles album from the condo trash room that was published in Great Britain. That I wish I'd kept. Oh, dang. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh, But I've always been glad I got rid of the haunted chandelier. Side note, I can feel heaviness in my chest when I drive through certain areas, like an oppressive feeling of dread, and I always assume something evil is there, though I cannot prove it. And that's exactly how I felt the entire time that chandelier was in our basement. As soon as it was out of the house, the heaviness lifted.
2: Wow. Wow. I think that there is something to that, that some people are sensitive mm-hmm. to that sort of, I feel like it's a little like corny, but like to that kind of energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It could be. They can, I mean,
2: They can perceive that.
1: Yeah. We've talked about different kinds of objects, just having um, like even just natural electromagnetic energies. Mm-hmm. And, There could be other things that are even like deeper than electromagnetic, right? That certain people can sense and feel and whatever. So, yeah, I I think
2: people are can be (laughs) sensitive to that kind of thing. It's super interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that one was really fun. We haven't done a cursed objects one in a while.
1: I know. Well, that's what I was thinking about the whole time I'm reading it. Is I'm like, this is this is a cursed object story, like whether it's cursed because it's got like. A ghost or a demon attached to it, or Satan himself, <laughs> or if or it's Lucifer
2: just and Satan, Lucifer and never, Satan, a double whammy,
1: or if, or if it's like some, I, I don't know. It was just a, it was it was interesting to read. Also, we could do to bring back a cursed object story sometime soon. We haven't done that. Have we only done one of those, or have we? I done think a couple? we
2: only did that once.
1: Okay, and okay. I,
2: I think we did that our like first Halloween season. Yeah, so it's been like a while. Like a solid 80 episodes ago. So we, yeah, we'll do a Cursed Objects one again. That was fun. That's
1: fun. All Uh, All right. You're doing the second story, right? Yes. Okay.
2: Okay. So this next story comes to us from a listener who would like to remain anonymous. They shared this story on behalf of a family friend who experienced something completely strange and inexplicable about a year or two ago. So for a little bit of context, this story takes place in a very rural part of Nebraska. It's one of those everybody-knows-everybody-in-town and in the surrounding towns sorts of places. Mm. This family friend, for the sake of the story, we'll call him Jim, has been friends with the person who submitted this story for their entire lives. They're full adults at this point, and so having a friend for decades and decades is pretty impressive, Mm. like kind of in and of itself. But I share all of that to say that Jim is considered to be very trustworthy and not someone to go around making up fantastical stories just for kicks. Mm. So one evening, Jim was out at a local bar tossing back a few drinks when he ran into an old friend who we'll call Ron. The two were just chatting and Jim shared that he was feeling pretty down because he just laid one of his parents to rest. He was very close with his parent for his entire life, even into adulthood. And so saying goodbye was just extremely hard for him.
1: Mm,
2: After sharing a few drinks and stories, the guys decided to pile into one of their trucks and head out to a remote gravel road where locals like to go and continue the party after the bars close down. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a thing. That feels very rural, Nebraska. Sure,
1: Even still today, probably.
2: (laughs) So they pulled up to a spot along the road that ran alongside the Platte River. They shared a few beers and continued conversation when nature called. After finding the nearest row of bushes to do his business, Jim looked out over the plat and saw something shocking. There, hovering silently over the rushing river, was a massive craft. What? He described it as the classic saucer shape that you picture when you think about a UFO. Really? Jim stood frozen in place, staring at the craft as it hovered, wondering to himself if Ron was seeing the same thing as he was or if he was imagining the whole thing. After all, he'd been drinking for the better part of the day into the night, so at first he didn't say anything. He just watched it as it hovered. After what felt like several minutes, Jim quietly called out to Ron, asking if he was seeing the same thing as he was. Yep, Ron replied quickly and quietly. In all, Jim estimates that he and Ron watched this craft as it hovered over the river for a solid 15 to 20 minutes. It just stayed in one place, totally stationary. Yeah. Bizarre. All of a sudden, the craft blasted off sideways towards one of the nearby towns. This town is roughly 15 miles away from where Jim and Ron had seen the craft, but even from where they were standing, they could still see it hovering above that town.
0: Weird.
2: Jim said that the craft was hovering above the river one second, and then the next, it was hovering over that other town. So it was like, (laughs) in the blink of an eye, it made it 15 miles. Like, faster than the blink of an eye. They continued watching the craft for roughly two to three more minutes, and then suddenly it appeared back in front of them, hovering over the river where it had been minutes before. When it came back, both Jim and Ron needed no convincing that they needed to get out of there. <laughs> Seeing such a bizarre sight led them to like not want to press their luck any further, mm-hmm. and so they hopped into, into the truck and quickly drove away. For the last couple of years, Jim has shared his story with a few friends and with a few friends of friends, and he remains convinced that he and Ron absolutely witnessed a UFO with our own eyes.
1: That is insane.
2: Yeah. It's just a couple of small town country dudes just tossing back some <laughs> beers. And all wow. of a sudden, like they hung out at that road all the time. Yeah, They go to that river every weekend. Yeah. like.
1: A totally natural setting to be. In. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Super crazy. Oh. Okay. So, you get the next story. Ooh. Well, shoot. That was like one. Of, that's might be my favorite one of the night just because those are my favorites. Is We do love a UFO stuff.
2: story. A UFO story.
1: Oh, All right. All right. All right. So this next story was shared with us from a listener, and she is comfortable with us using her first name. And so thank you, Nicole, for sharing this with us. I am just going to read it (laughs) exactly as she wrote it. I have not read this yet, so I'm reading my stories for the first time right now. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so this is hilarious, just the very first word. Nicole wrote, hello, three exclamation (laughs) points. I figured I would share a childhood experience with you guys. Just please keep in mind that when you grow up in Weston, the littlest things that happen seem like the craziest thing to ever happen. <laughs> Laughing face emoji. <laughs> I apologize in advance for the lack of storytelling skills. Haha. <laughs> Do not apologize. <laughs> Do not apologize. This is already great. Growing up, I went back and forth between my mom's house and my dad's house. Thankfully, they lived in the same small town, so it wasn't too terrible. Haha. <laughs> My dad worked overnights and unfortunately had to work some weekends, so I would have to go stay at my grandma and grandpa's two blocks away. Everybody's just all together. When I was about 11, I finally talked my dad into letting me stay home when he went to work. It was during the summer, so my younger cousin was in town from Connecticut, so he stayed with me. I should add that my dad's overnights had just changed to him having to be at work at 5 a.m., So we weren't in the big, haunted, creepy house by ourselves throughout the night. (laughs) Haha, And yes, my dad still lives in the same house. My bedroom was upstairs and happened to be right above the front door. The front door slamming shut scared me awake, but figured it was my dad leaving for work. Then it happened again. So I looked outside to see if my dad forgot something and came back home or what was going on. I look out the window, and it's light outside, and I start freaking out a little bit because my dad had to have been at work for a couple hours by that time. I had freaked myself out so bad that I woke my cousin up and told him we were going down to grandma and grandpa's because some crazy things were happening, and I didn't know what was making them happen. As we are getting our stuff together to leave, the front door is opened, then slammed shut.
2: Oh my god! Then it's
1: opened again, and then slammed shut. <laughs> what? Then the door separating the dining room from the living room, which was always kept open, slammed shut. Then the front door slammed shut again. At this point, I'm calling my grandpa to come save us from the person breaking into the house. That is not a person breaking into your house. That is a poltergeist.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That would be so scary to just be a little kid
1: at your house. Right. Oh gosh. My grandpa finally picks up the phone, and at the same time, we hear footsteps coming up the stairs, so I scream, He's coming up the stairs! Hurry! And then it sounded like footsteps hurrying back down the stairs. A few seconds later, there's pounding on the front door. We are both screaming and scared to even open our eyes at this point. The pounding continued, but I figured my grandpa would be there any second to save us. I peek out the window and then realized that my grandpa was there, but left so fast that he left without the house key, so it was him pounding on the door. <laughs> oh, That's good. <laughs> so we ran downstairs into the front door as fast as we could. After we let him in and he assured us that we were going to be okay, we started looking around as I was telling him what all happened. That's when we realized that the wooden Husker sign that was on the front door was no longer on there. It was on the ground. All the doors that we always kept closed were open. Blankets were knocked off the chair in the living room. A chair was knocked over in the dining room. After seeing those few things, I waited outside. I was so scared. But there was no way that someone was in the house. My grandpa would have caught them leaving if there was. Mm. Also, all the doors and windows were locked. Needless to say, it was a very long time before I asked to stay at the house without my dad being there the whole time again. As I got older, and was there by myself, and thought that listening to music turned up as loud as I could, there were a couple other times that doors would slam, so I would turn it down, and it would stop. Weird. So the ghost and I came to an agreement that country was the only music played loud in the house, and never heard slamming doors after that. Definitely the scariest yet coolest most interesting experience I've ever had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not wild. That is wild. Thank you Nicole for sending that in. Also, I love that she went from this like like someone's breaking into the house to where now she just had a general acceptance that there's a ghost in my house who likes country music.
2: <laughs> I feel like that happens so often in stories where people believe their home is haunted.
0: Yeah. I've where it's heard like, about there's that.
2: There's like a mutual We just talked about this on the Christmas hauntings. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Where right. the
2: the house where the angel ends up on the tree and furniture moves around. Yeah. Like we just talk with them and like everything's we just, cool. We just
1: let him let him have his space and his stuff and yeah. we acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So we have one more story. Okay. This one was sent in to us by Brad. There's a house in Omaha over by 120th, just south of Center Street, that not many people would guess is haunted. I assure you it is. Oh, Winter was just wrapping up and one of my roommates was going out on his own. So that left Marty and me to find a new place. Marty was my best friend from junior high. We'd moved to Omaha, done the college thing, got married, had kids, got divorced, and we're both picking up the pieces of all that. Anyway, we found a place, but it wasn't supposed to come available until the end of May, if I remember correctly. We got a call at the beginning of March, letting us know that it had opened up early. Lucky us. Hmm. We went to the house and met the owner, a sweet older woman named Connie. She had lived there with her husband until he passed away and she moved out and used it as a rental. Maybe a bit of foreshadowing there. Hmm. We were excited to move in, but were curious as to why it came available so soon. We asked Connie and she told us that the previous renters were a young couple who were expecting their first child. Apparently, the husband beat his pregnant wife to within an inch of her life, and the baby didn't survive. Oh no, that's so sad. So awful. So she was in the hospital and he was in jail. Hearing that little nug of information, we didn't know what to think. Double-edged sword, I guess. Stuff happens, right? So we moved in and eventually kind of forgot about the who's and why's and just went on with life. Mm -hmm. I moved down into the basement and Marty took the upstairs. It wasn't a glamorous place. It was almost as if you entered some sort of time warp when you would walk in and would be transported 40 years back in time. <laughs> the place had a super heavy 70s vibe. The shag carpet, wood panels on the walls, things like that. <laughs> but we were two wild and crazy swinging bachelors and needed a place to live, and it did the job. Yeah, The basement was much of the same, only more dank. The only source of sunlight was from one tiny window in the living room that looked out to the driveway. Also, when the back door was open, some light would shine directly down the stairs as well. If you came in the back, you could go directly downstairs or take a right into the kitchen. Hmm. I remember thinking that my bedroom was super dark, even with the lights on. The whole basement never seemed to brighten up to where it should have been,
1: Hmm.
2: almost as if the walls were absorbing the light somehow.
1: (laughs) <laughs> That's a creepy thing to think that about. That is a very creepy
2: thing oh, to think wow. about. <laughs> you could also catch a whiff of cigar smoke down there from time to time. Not always, just every so often you'd notice it. Hmm. I never really thought much about the darkness in cigars until there was a reason to think about it. Even as I write this, I'm seeing a horror movie-esque cliche unfold. <laughs> the whole white people move into haunted house and blow off every sign of impending doom kind of thing. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> Not to put down white people, but we as a whole tend to be the stupidest when it comes to horror movies. It's like, every time I sit in the kitchen, the silverware starts flying around and screams of people being tortured echo in my head. Weird. But putting up with that is way easier than moving out. Who wants to do that? (laughs) Moving is the worst, right? Pathetic. (laughs) Anyway, weird things would happen over the course of our year and a half living there. Almost too many to mention. I'm sure if Marty and I got together, we'd recall quite a bit of them. He had his experiences and I had mine. Things going missing or being moved. The usual generally weird stuff that you always hear about in places like this. Hmm. (laughs) Basically the first hour of any horror flick. (laughs) I'll skip over that and just detail the one most chilling account that I had there. Ooh, okay. I could probably count the times that I actually slept in my bedroom during our stay there on one hand. It creeped me out from day one and seemed like a dungeon with orange and brown shag carpet and wood paneling going halfway up the walls. <laughs> I can't stress just how it seemed to engulf the senses and close you off from the world. I spent my night sleeping on a futon in the TV room. My son Chris and I were big into video games and movies. So when I had him over, that's what we'd do. At least until one day when we were playing The Sims. We started cleaning our virtual home up and down until it was spotless. Then I looked around at our actual home and realized I was a phone call to protective services away from never seeing my son again. (laughs) We slowed way down on those activities after that, but I digress. Before all that, we were having our typical night of junk food, movies, and video games late into the night. We usually fell asleep to a movie, and I'd wake up and turn off the TV at some point. This night ended up a bit differently. I remember coming out of my slumber thinking that it was cold as balls for some reason. <laughs> like frostbite kind of cold. I checked on Chris, who was next to me, and he seemed fine. I noticed the TV was already off, but I didn't think much of it. Maybe Chris turned it off? I laid back down and nestled into the cover so I wouldn't freeze. As I lay there, the room seemed to get darker and darker and get colder and colder. Mm. It felt like someone was watching us. With an almost sixth sense feeling, I realized there was someone slash something there. I wasn't physically looking at him, but I knew what he looked like and where he was. He had on a black-brimmed hat and black suit, and he was old, like had been dead for a while and didn't know it old. (laughs) The guy from the Poltergeist 2 came to mind, (laughs) singing, Shall we gather at the temple? (laughs) (laughs) white hair and all the closer i felt that he got the colder the room seemed to get he slowly crept up behind me until he was within a foot from the back of my head he didn't say anything but there was a voice in my head that could only be interpreted as the voice of satan no words just feelings of what the words would be if there were words Mm. and it was not good does that even make sense I didn't know if I should cry, scream, grab my son and run, or just laugh like a crazy person in hopes of fooling the ghosty into thinking that I'm with him, in quotes. (laughs) So he'd leave me alone. Like, hey, guy. Hey, it's fine, (laughs) ghosty. We're we're buds. Hey. (laughs) Well, being white and all, (laughs) I chose to wait it out and see what happened. (laughs) Being white and all. After what seemed to be an eternity of him gazing into my soul through the back of my head and essing my peas on the frozen. (laughs) And essing my peas on the frozen tundra that was my futon, the feeling started to fade until things came back to normalcy. The end. Just kidding.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: it's so funny. It's just like amping up the humor. Yes, okay. Yes. Holding to traditional values and not wanting to move out, I put it in the back of my mind. I did some research on poltergeists and how to confuse them or whatever. I would go around the basement and clutter things up and put things where they didn't belong. I remember training myself to put one shoe toe forward and one toe (laughs) facing me when I took them off and put them on the floor. That'll really mess with them, I thought. I'm such a moron. (laughs) There were little things that would happen here and there, but nothing like that night. I can't remember why Marty and I started talking about what happened to us in that house, but we'd kept it to ourselves for quite a while. Once the conversation started, the floodgates opened. Crucifixes moved upside down, weird shadows in the corner, noises. It was a lot. What? Then I told him my story about the white-haired old man, and it turns out that he'd had run-ins with him too. (gasps) What? So here's where you'd expect me to say that we packed our stuff and moved out, right? Nope. We stayed for like (laughs) another six months. Moving sucks. Fun fact- While I was living in that house, I started dating and eventually married Kevin's mom. So that makes me Kevin's stepdad. Hi, Kevin. Love you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Marty and I eventually moved out and moved on with life. I married Kevin's mom. Marty married again as well. Happy times. Another little side story about the house. There were multiple times during the move out process where the basement was blacker than black. Broad daylight, sun shining and all, but the basement was pitch black when you were looking down the stairs. Even when the back door was wide open and it was sunny AF outside, there was no (laughs) light going down there. Not from the stairs, not from the window in the living room, where the definition and simple physics of a window state that light can and will shine through it in order to illuminate an indoor area. Nothing. Nothing. I'd walk in the back door and just stand there frozen and look down the stairs, scared to walk down them. Marty noticed it too. That basement sucked. And I Hmm. can't believe I lived down there for a year and a half. (laughs) Eventually, we packed up all of our stuff and got the hell out of there. But it wasn't over.
1: Oh, boy. Okay.
2: A a while later, there was a big news story in town about a middle-aged postal worker who traveled to Scotland and found a 20-something-year-old bride. He brought her back and introduced her to his 20-something-year-old son. And they all lived happily under one roof. Hmm. That same roof that Marty and I had just moved out from under. You might wonder what's significant about an overweight, late 40-year-old postal worker who found a 20-something-year-old, married her, and brought her home to meet his son and live with them. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Is it weird? Definitely, but to each their own. What is significant about this story is that the son went crazy and stabbed the (gasps) stepmom dozens of times, killing her. What? And then went after daddy. He got him quite a few times, but not fatally. After hearing that and doing some research, it turns out that his son lived in the basement. He heard voices. He saw things.
1: No way. He went
2: crazy. That old chestnut.
1: I just got crazy goosebumps. Weird.
2: Also through research, I found out that Connie's, the owner, her husband loved the basement and would often host poker games down there with his buddies. They'd smoke cigars and play poker. Oh, yeah. He also died down there. Super (laughs) duper in all caps. So to recap, the prior renter's young couple, the husband went crazy and killed his unborn child by beating his wife almost to death, who, by the way, also spent a fair amount of time in the basement. Then we moved in. We had our stories, et cetera, et cetera. Then the next renters had a homicide and attempted homicide by the son who lived in the basement. Those are just the stories that I know about. There could be more from before we lived there, and there could have been more since. I don't know. But I hope the top-notch investigators at This One's a Doozy look into it. Final thoughts. I'm sure some of your astute listeners are wondering why both renters before and after we lived there committed heinous acts of murder, and there was none to speak of during our tenure. (laughs) 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 Well, maybe. I just wasn't the kind of dude he wanted to possess and use as a puppet of evil. Maybe I didn't check all the boxes for the ghosties who to possess in my basement (laughs) requirements. Maybe he saw something while peering into my soul and realized that my will is so strong that he knew there was no chance for conversion. Or maybe, (laughs) just maybe, I'm the only one who got away with it.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a great ending, Brad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So great. I was crying when I first read (laughs) this whole story.
1: That's my first time hearing it. That was amazing. I I do know a little bit about that story. I've You've heard been to that, that house. I have been to that house. Yeah, I spent the night at that house a couple of times.
2: <laughs> Kevin. Yeah,
1: with my my stepbrother and with Brad and my brother. And we all stayed there and played video games all night long. The mm-hmm. same exact thing. Uh, but we didn't have any experience with a uh, ghostly old man, which is good. But That is good. I do remember the... Uh, What's that called with the wood, the wood panel, paneling? The panels, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that. That's funny. And it definitely was like a shag carpet. That's so funny. I probably drive by that house every single day when I go to work. It's, really? Yeah. Interesting. In that same general area. That's so funny. Anyway, that's crazy. I didn't know all of those. And I do also know a couple others that maybe we'll get him on to tell the story so We need to get
2: him and Marty on. That would be and so they can just, fun. We'll just kind of MC the night.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: And supply them with drinks and yeah. just let them go.
1: Maybe we do it in the house.
2: Uh, yeah, right. Oh, okay. Get a grip, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> we call the, the current owners. We just go yeah. knock on the door with our microphones and...
1: yeah. Hey, we're from This One's a Doozy. We want to record a podcast episode in your basement.
2: Your basement is super haunted and we need to come <laughs> in and record know? an episode right now.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny.
2: But yeah, those are the stories wow. we have. We do have a small collection more, but I wanted to make sure that I gave each story its time. Yes, yes. And I would like to do this again. And so if you're someone who you submitted a story and you're like, wait, I didn't hear mine on this episode. Fear not. It will be on an upcoming one. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone who says, hey, I have a story. I didn't know that you were asking for submissions. We're always asking for submissions. Feel free anytime. Send us something. And whenever we do a listener stories episode, your story might be featured. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much to everyone who did send stuff in.
1: Yes. And we have one last little short story. This is... uh, Honestly, one of my favorite things that has ever happened (laughs) is our our middle child um, and our youngest daughter, she wanted to write a scary story. So this Mm -hmm. isn't a true story that we know of.
2: It's like an extension of Fiction Friday, but it's happening on a Thursday. Yes. Just to kind of like wet everybody's appetite. Exactly. For some great fiction, which we have on Patreon.
1: Exactly. So this is a special story written by her it's called The Story of Dark. <laughs> I love her. It's so sweet. It's not. It's very, very, anyway. very scary. A girl was walking to school. Then she saw a black rock. She touched it. She turned black. And ate the teacher. Then all the students... And everybody screamed. The principal fainted. (laughs) Some do say she is still out today. Wow. The end. That's the story.
2: I really love how she didn't hold our hand. (laughs) No. Through that story. She didn't give us all of the answers. She gave us questions that we have to search for.
1: Right. This is art house.
2: This is art house. This is highbrow. Mm Mm-hmm. She's on her way. She's also (laughs) writing her very first screenplay, which is a horror movie. Is she? Yes. She's assigning (laughs) us roles. and
1: Oh, I did know about this. She's working on the
2: setting right now and the basic plot points. That's right. Hilarious. (laughs) Thank you for letting us indulge her on that. She specifically wrote it for the podcast. Yes,
1: she did. She wanted us to read it on the podcast. And I think it's a great fitting uh, wrap up to episode 100. Listener submissions and listener
2: by extension
1: submissions. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the unusual, unsettling, and unsavory story today. If you haven't yet, please make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform and leave a glowing five-star review or the equivalent for that platform. Also, make sure you're connected with us. Be over on the social medias with us. Uh, we're on Instagram and TikTok at this one is a doozy. And on Facebook, this one's a doozy podcast. And to connect with us even more directly, you can join us over on Patreon. My love, tell them a little bit about Patreon.
2: Yes. So you can follow the link in our Instagram bio or in our Facebook about section, or you can go to patreon.com slash doozy And for $5 a month, you can support our show supporters over on patreon also get access to all of our content ad free as well as two exclusive episodes only available on patreon and a monthly fictional episode that we release on fridays which we've got one of those coming up this week mm-hmm. tomorrow
1: on the first friday
2: yes well Well, normally first friday normally. it's the new year
1: yes yes we took it easy on ourselves for the first week of the new year but there's one coming there is one coming <laughs> <laughs> and also last thing once again if you would like to send in a listener a submission story uh, email that to us at this one is a doozy at gmail.com you can do those at any time we'll get them we'll have the backlog going and uh, maybe you'll hear your story in the future with that thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time for another doozy
2: thank you guys bye